You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We're live. We're live on YouTube. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone's doing well. There's a lot of waiver wire talk this week. That we gotta oh, yeah. do is a lot of running back injuries. A lot of running backs we can actually pick up on the wave wire and start in week five. Um, so you know, this is kind of I, I don't want to say this is what we've been waiting for. We, we're not <laughs> waiting for any injuries, we've but been waiting for the, the wave wire has up. been the wave <laughs> wire has been a little weak, yeah, over the past you know few weeks. You know, we got a couple of wide receivers here and there, like you know, Curtis Samuel in week one. Romeo you know, Dubs, yeah. Romeo Dubs. You know, if you picked up Tyler Higby after yeah. week one or week two, you're you're looking like how many targets did he have last night? Like 12, 13 targets. I think he yeah, uh, hasn't registered at fourteen. Fourteen <laughs> targets uh, through five weeks. I'm sorry, through four weeks. The dude is leading all tight ends in targets, and he is the tight end five on the season behind Kelsey Andrews, Hawkinson, and Ertz. Uh, he's an every week start at this yeah. point um but let's get into a little bit of news jonathan taylor he didn't practice but there is a chance that he plays this week uh if he doesn't go are you taking a shot you know with with any of these with any of these colts running backs outside of naheem hines i'm not really and it just comes down because the colts offense even with jonathan taylor in has not been very good at all and that kind of i think it comes down to um matt ryan <laughs> i mean i know they have been protecting him but matt ryan hasn't been um what we wanted him to be we thought maybe behind a slightly better offensive line in indianapolis he'd be able to perform a little bit but um that hasn't been the case he's been a turnover machine and because he's a turnover machine the colts offense really hasn't been on the field that much and they're often in negative game scripts so not handing the ball off you know they're usually throwing it um morally cox got the the beneficiary of that uh last week he showed up pretty big but um yeah I, i'm not taking any shots and like hoping for the best i mean maybe naeem hines like you said he'll be there he might be in for a bit of an increased workload i'm not seeing him doing much better um than taylor has this season it's not like he's going to step in and be a, a big difference maker i, I i'm just kind of taking my hands off right now if i'm looking for a running back on the waiver wire i think there are plenty of better options you do you think that there are plenty of better options than naeem hines if Jonathan Taylor were to miss, though? Because I feel like out of all the options that we're going to talk about in week five, I think I'd rather start, if, if, let's say JT misses, right? I think I'd rather start, you know, Naheem Hines uh, over a lot of the guys, you know, that we have. And just to give a little bit of a preview, you know, I think Raheem Mostert, obviously, I think I'd rather, I'd rather play Raheem Mostert most likely. But outside of that, you know, Tyler Algier, Mike Boone, Caleb Huntley, you know, these guys, Latavius Murray, you know, it's a little bit of a crapshoot in terms of like what their workload is going to look like. Um, yeah. So, so you I, know, I guess, especially if it's a one week play, I think Naheem Hines, you know, most likely 
will be on the field more than 50% of snaps, maybe 60% of snaps, right? And, and yeah. you know, I can see him getting, being a little bit more involved, you know, in the pass game as well, you know, running a bunch of routes, getting, getting some targets, you know, so I can mm-hmm. see him putting up an RB2 type of week with a little bit of upside. And that's fine. You know, I guess if you're talking about for like this week only. Yeah, you know, this I'm week look, only. Yeah. I, I'm looking at, um, you know, Tyler Algier, his matchup this week is pretty bad. He's playing the Bucs. Um, other guys that we had on the wire, um, who else did we have? They're running back. There's someone else. Mike Boone. Um, Mike Boone. It's, it's, I mean, it is the Colts defense, but we still don't know. You know, Melvin Melvin Gordon might still be getting the majority of the looks. We have to see how that plays out. But we, we kind of tagged Mike Boone as a guy that could see um, actually a pretty decent workload because of Melvin Gordon's recent fumbling issues and just trouble protecting the ball in general. Yeah, no, I hear that. All right, before we get into the waivers officially, let's just go over the game last night. We talked about Tyler Higby. He looks like he's the number two target in L.A. Yeah. Uh, let's take the L and Allen Robinson right now. I should have been to, took it. Jesus, are, are you are you cutting? Are you cutting Allen Robinson right now? Like we said that you can't start him this week, right? Like he was yeah. on our bench going into week four. Are are we cutting dead weight? Is that what we're doing? With Allen Robinson, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't <laughs> want to come. I'm still holding on. So it's one thing if he didn't get any targets, but he actually got like actually a relatively decent amount of targets for what we've, what we've seen him do this season. He had what six targets last night, so it wasn't that bad. But it's not good. Obviously, I'm still leaving him on the bench at this point. But I don't think he's a cut candidate just yet. One more bad week, then yeah. I think we could talk about maybe just cutting them outright. But as things stand right now, um, the Rams offense still is in a funk. And it looked all right the past two weeks. But it's just, you know, the two weeks before, you know, obviously last night. But um, I I think the Rams offense still has a ways to go yet. I don't know if they're ever going to get back to that. Maybe Odo Beckham was the catalyst for a good offense. But that clearly wasn't the case last season because they added him partway through the season. you know, I, I want to see more from the Rams offense. And I think that Allen Robinson, I, I'm going to keep him just in case things uh, turn on a dime. He has three games uh, so far out of four with, with two catches or less. You know, his one good game, four for 53 and a touchdown, you know, almost two touchdowns in that game. This week, he might see Trayvon Diggs. He gets Carolina in week six and then a bye, yeah. right? So there's a chance that he's sitting on your bench next week, the week after, and the week after that. Well, the week after that, you definitely put him on your bench because he has a bye week. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to keep him for that long? I say that if you need to cut him, cut him. And if you can afford it, leave him on your bench. Yeah. Cooper Cup, 17 targets. Obviously, you know, we, we you know, nothing surprising there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Higby, 14 targets as well. You know, we talked about that. He's somebody that you got to keep in your lineup at this point every single week. He is a solid tight end one, leading all tight ends and targets. Uh, who would have saw that coming? Tyler Higby versus Allen Robinson. Who's getting more targets this year? Um, (laughs) it's looking like Higby is going to, you know, do his thing. I I saw a tweet yesterday that, you know, through the first drive of yesterday's game, Tyler Higby has already outscored Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You know, on the week. (laughs) It's unfortunately true. He had, I think it was three catches on the first drive. Yeah. And granted, it wasn't for, it wasn't for much yardage, but, um, you know, he's very involved though, man. Yeah, he is 100%. The thing is, he's not terribly efficient. You know, he's not like this talent that's going to go crazy with that volume obviously because he's had this type of volume a couple of weeks and he hasn't really like exploded but um yep. you know imagine Kyle Pitts with this volume how awesome would that be <laughs> it's too bad it's Maybe only it's, it's it's only a dream man it's only yeah. a dream 
It's only a dream. You know, I, I don't think it's, you know, right now we talked about cockpits the other day. Like it, it's just not going to happen right now. It's not yeah. going to happen. I mean, you know, Tyler, he'd be on his, he, you know, 1.71 yards per route run. That's not bad. It's, you know, Darren Waller right now, you know, at 1.29. But, you know, <laughs> Kyle Pitts at right, right above him at 1.72. You know why? His, his yards per route run is so high because he ain't running no damn routes. Right. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why. All Divide right. by anyway. zero error. Anyway, I can't talk about cockpits <laughs> anymore. I'm gonna get too emotional. You start yeah. sweating over here. Uh, Dal Henderson, uh, he ended up out snapping Cam Akers last night. He played 60% of the snaps. Uh, Akers got the short yardage stuff, um, but uh, Dal Henderson got all of the passing down work, including the third down and two minute snaps. Actually, I'm looking over here. Actually, Dal Henderson got the short short yardage stuff. So, <laughs> not ideal. This backfield can go back and forth every single week, but you know. You know, Henderson is in a situation now where it's like, all right, well, you can plug him in and hope for something. Whereas, you know, you're not going to know what's going to happen, you know, depending on the the game script. Uh, but Dell Henderson isn't useless. You can throw him in, throw him in your lineup, you know, and hope for the best because he could get some goal line work. You know, he could get some work in the pass game. But is this backfield is not ideal? Um, it's going to be back and forth. This is like the worst type of committee. Yeah, no, it really because, is because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. And we talked about maybe Cam Akers being the guy, and then suddenly after week one is Daryl Henderson's the guy. And we're just hoping that leans one way so we're not sitting here guessing every week, and that's what we're getting. <laughs> we're just going to sit Pretty here. Much. Who is it going to be this week? You know, th- This week it was Daryl Henderson, but it's not looking like the ceiling is awfully high regardless of who gets the majority of the touches. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, hands off. Daryl Henderson's the my pick too. If you're going to play one of them, I'd pick Daryl Henderson at this point because he seems to have more consistent quality workload. Um, Akers just didn't look very good running the ball last night either, but it was, like I said, just a rough showing for the Rams overall on offense. Jeff Wilson continued where he left off. Um, he's been a solid fill-in uh, at your RB2 spot. You know, nothing too crazy, right? Around 12 PPR points over the last three weeks, just staying right around that spot yep. know, in relief of Elijah Mitchell. Uh, that would put him at the RB20 over the last three weeks. So RB20, solid RB2. Yeah. Um, so let, let's go ahead and get right into the waiver wire, man. Um, anything else that stood out to you last night? Or was that pretty much it? Uh, George Kittle had a quiet night, which was kind of disappointing. That's my. It was. That's one of my takeaways there, because you know we know what he can be. Um, they I, they weren't you know they didn't have to push the ball downfield. They didn't have to utilize. I don't think their full arsenal. You know, Debo Samuel when he takes the offense and puts it on his back. You know, runs through five six Rams defenders, including Jalen Ramsey for a touchdown. It's tough to get um, any um, scoring done as a tight end because Debo Samuel was going off last night. <laughs> I, I hear that, man. I hear that. It is disappointing. Um, I think I'm going to keep Kittle in my lineup next week, see what happens, and it's going to be a Kyle Pitts type of situation. If he doesn't do do his thing, then I'm going to I'm gonna end up benching him. And it's unfortunate because he's such a good talent. You know, yeah. maybe he's still a little bit banged up, but, you know, we're, we're looking to see some more, more targets out of him. Um, George Pickens I have here at number one. Uh, he is available in about 50% of leagues. If he is available, I think he has the most upside out of anybody that you're going to be able to grab on waivers. Uh, I think Pickens has the most upside out of this list. And then I had Rashad White here at number six. Uh, he has he has the second most upside, I think, out of anybody on this list. Um, and the reason why is because if, if Leonard Fournette were to get hurt, Rashad White, you know, would step in and be in every down back for Tom Brady and, and that Bucks offense. Uh, and we'll get to him. But, you know, he did play a little bit last week. And he played 
you know, relatively early in that game, despite him losing that fumble very early on special teams, um, you know, he's, he's still got some work, you know, on offense with Leonard Fournette not playing so well. Right. Uh, but, but we'll get there. George Pickens, you know, he simply has the most upside of these guys, right? Like all these guys. And, and that's what I'm shooting for. If I'm, if I'm, if I could, if I don't care if I'm grabbing a running back or a wide receiver and like, I don't necessarily need anybody to plug in next week, you can plug him in too. You know, 30% target share in week four, yeah. 22% target share in week three. There's a quarterback change as well, right? There's a lot of reasons to have hope for Pickens. Uh, and the hope is that Kenny Pickens, uh, Kenny Pickens, I'm going to get this wrong all year long. <laughs> Kenny Pickens Kenny and George Pickett, Pickett. <laughs> can come in. I think he can come in and unleash that talent for these wide receivers, potentially, right? Yeah. Um, you know, including Deontay Johnson as well, who's been solid in PPR. Like he's at a high floor, but, you know, only the wide receiver 24 coming into week three, we know that he, he has wide receiver one type of upside, uh, but his ceiling has been capped, right? And if he's available in your, if, if Pickens is available in your league, you know, I think I'm dropping, you know, decent amount of fab, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 15, 20%. Does that sound about right? Or you're going more or less? I think, think, I think 15 is where I kind of cap out. Um, I would, I would bet on the guys in your league kind of taking, you know, a less optimistic view because, you know, we saw Kenny Pickett. Obviously, he was good on the ground um, through, through the air. He threw three picks. Granted, they, they weren't all his fault. Um, he is a rookie quarterback on a bad offense. So I, I'd take advantage. Maybe some people might not be that tuned in to the idea of George Pickens being a waiver wire pickup this week. Um, I, I would maybe tone it down, maybe 15. You know, if you think the upside's there, which it could be, and I agree. I like George Pickens, especially with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. But um, you can shoot for the twenty. I, I, I'm kind of capping out at fifteen now. Now let me ask you this: Is Pickens too high here at number one? And let me just go over who I have uh, the rest of the way. I have Pickens at number one, Raheem Mostert at number two, Tyler Algier at number three, Mike Boone at number four, Michael Gallup at number five, followed by Rashad White, Caleb Huntley, Isaiah McKenzie, Zay Jones, and Rondell Moore. Is there anybody you know in that maybe top five that you rather pick up over George Pickens? No, not really. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that he's too high. I, I just think that you know twenty percent of my budget is a little bit pricey for me for a receiver. You know, he, we know he has the talent, but he's still on a bad offense, like I said. And Kenny Pickett, you know, these rookie quarterbacks tend to come in and you know flash in their first start. You know, especially when they come in halfway through the game, but then things can get a little dicey. Um, down the stretch if they start a few games um, down the line. So I'm going to kind of – I'm not taking the under, but I'm, I'm not taking the over either. I'm just going to kind of sit right in the middle. Like I said, 15 – I might throw 15 at him if I'm going for a receiver in George Pickens. He does have okay. upside, though, to be a solid wide receiver for you with Kenny Pickett there. Yeah, I think so. And we saw what he's capable of in the preseason. We saw Pickett finding George Pickens in the end zone you know, in the preseason – uh, and I think they're going to have a little bit of rapport in the second half of that game. When Pickens came in, he was when Pickett came in, he was uh, targeting Pickens uh, a ton. So that's, yeah. that's good to see. Uh, Reed Mostert, I have him at number two. Don't forget about Thursday night. Uh, you know, he dominated usage uh, in passing situations. He played on 72 percent of snaps. This is a good offense. You know, obviously this week they're going to have Teddy Bridgewater. But, you know, once, you know, Tua is back, this offense should start to roll once again. And I think you want pieces of this offense if they're available. Uh, and listen, maybe this goes back and forth between Mostert and Edmonds, but I'd take the shot, you know, given a couple of weeks of Mostert having the upper hand here. <laughs> Mostert has the upper hand. It fits he does. the theme of the podcast, 100%. Um, I, I think Mostert's a good uh, pickup. I don't know if I'd put him over 
Tyler Algier at this point. I guess maybe if you're thinking for immediately this week, maybe I'd take Raheem Mostert over Tyler Algier. But I like Tyler Algier uh, longer term with Cordero Patterson on the short-term IR. Raheem Mostert, I, I think that he's still liable to lose some work to Chase Edmonds, and that's going to come in the passing game. Uh, I don't think his ceiling is that high. It's as, I don't think it's as high as Tyler Algier. Um, I get it, though, because this is a good offense. And we've seen Raheem Mostert. He kind of looked like the Raheem Mostert that we saw back in San Fran, um, especially after the first two weeks where Raheem Mostert wasn't doing very much. Um, it's nice to see him doing that. You might have got people that a few people that drafted him or picked him up. They might have dropped him after those first two weeks. Um, if he's sitting there on the wire, you could take him 100%. Um, but I don't think he's going to have incredible upside. Not that Tyler Algier is going to have much incredible upside either, but I think Tyler Algier has a bit more upside than Mostert. Yeah, if I'm looking for – if I need a back for this week, I'm, I'm actually starting Tyler Algier over Raheem Mostert uh, because I, I don't know what that backfield is going to look like in, in Miami. So I'm, I'm grabbing Mostert as like a prospective ad. If I need to throw him in the lineup, I will. But it could, like you said, it could go back and forth. However, for the long term, you know, if Raheem Mostert is that guy and I see that he's that guy, I have a pretty good asset on my hands for the rest of the season, right? With Tyler Algier, you know, if when Cordell Patterson comes back, you know, after four weeks, it's possible that this this backfield is kind of handed back to Patterson uh, mm-hmm. and Algier is either borderline startable or not startable. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, I'm taking my shot on somebody who might have, you know, uh, value all season long. Now, it is possible, moving on to Tyler Algier, number three, it is possible that that this run game is annoying even without Cordell Patterson, right? Mm-hmm. In, in terms of not knowing who the guy is any given week, you know, you know, Algier and Caleb Hundley ended up splitting time last, you know, on Sunday. Algier did end up outsnapping Huntley forty four percent to twenty nine percent. He ran way more routes than Huntley. He was their passing down guy, uh, but Huntley ended up getting most of the goal line snaps and ended up with that goal line touchdown. So, you know, it's like, all right, well, I hope. Algier can get some goal line touchdowns, right? I, I, yeah. And I had to choose between these two guys, and I was going back and forth. But I, I think I prefer going with the guy who is getting more snaps uh, and passing down work because the goal line stuff might flip, right? That might flip. It, it has a chance to flip. Algier, he looked really good on the ground. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this offensive line is really good. They're creating a ton of holes. And I really liked Algier coming out of BYU uh, a lot more than other people. We talked about this with our rookie draft kit. You know, you'll see that Algier is pretty highly rated, you know, compared to other, you know, how other people viewed him. Um, but, you know, Algier was legit at the goal line in college. He he led all FBS schools with 23 rushing touchdowns last year. Um, you know, he has it in him. So I do lean Algier. I think that could potentially flip. Um, now, I think Huntley is uh, worth picking up, too. I have him here at number seven. And, yeah. you know. Be- because he looked good as well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and we talked about this uh, a potential bad matchup against New Orleans. Right, that's who they're going up against. Oh, they're going up against they're the Bucs, right? Bucks. Yeah. But if you look at like the Bucs, what they're doing this year, they're not as stout as they were these past few years. Um, And it's like, you know, looking at what these other running backs were able to do against the Bucs, like I'm not really scared about it, especially given the fact that Atlanta's offensive line, especially in the run game, they've been legit. So I think, you know, Atlanta's offensive line, is actually going to win this battle against Tampa Bay. So I'm not necessarily staying away from Tyler Algier uh, this week. So, you know, now, by the way, don't forget about Damian Williams. And I do have him, at, you know, somewhere in For the team yeah. as, as a pickup. Yeah, at, at 15. He was the original starter, 
Okay. Uh, they put him on ice through the entire preseason, you know, because he was their starter. He, it's not like he had a lower body injury or anything like that. It was a rib injury. So when he comes back, I expect him to be ready to go if they need him. So he started the season ahead of Cordell Patterson before he got hurt. So, you know, can't forget about him. So if you're looking more long term past this week, he's on IR for one more week. So he's eligible to return in week six. You might want to consider Damian Williams over Huntley, right? That's a yeah. possibility. You know what I'm saying? I think I prefer to take, grab Algier. You know, a lot of people forgetting about Damian Williams. They're going to grab Huntley, and you might be able to get, you know, Damian Williams for like a dollar. You know what I mean? Because people forgot about him, and not that many people knew that he had the, those first few snaps and first few runs early on in yeah. the season before he got hurt and had that rim injury. So it's an interesting, a very interesting situation in Atlanta. There's a lot to digest there, uh, but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and that's our TED Talk on the Falcons running back. <laughs> we just covered everybody in the Falcons' backfield for you. I, I think you might be able to get Damian Williams for free. I think you might be able to put zero down and just get That'd be him. awesome. I, I think you 100% could because, you know. And, and I think that could end up being, like, a great move for yeah. you. Even even at a dollar, two dollars, you know. Yeah. Um. Don't tell your friends about this if you uh, want to get Damian Williams, you know, <laughs> for for cheap. I think he could come back and do really well. Um. Depending on how Tyler Algier plays, you know, he might split some time more or less. Um. If Tyler Algier plays well, he might earn himself some more snaps. Um. Alongside Damian Williams, but I think Caleb Huntley, he's only really going to be relevant. Uh. This week, assuming Damian Williams comes back on track from his injury. Right. Right, right. I could see that. So I guess we're picking up Damian Williams over Huntley then. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think you look at the upside right now. If if you need a really fast plug and play, you know, you're desperate at running back. I think Caleb Huntley, you know, you want to pick him up, obviously, because right. Damian Williams won't be playing. So I think in yeah. that sense, Caleb Huntley has more immediate value. Um, but Damian exactly. Williams has a chance to return on investment down the line. Exactly. And that's why we have these indicators on here where Caleb Huntley is a short term guy. And uh, Damian Williams is a long-term guy. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. All right, at number four, I have Mike Boone. Okay, now we got to break down this backfield now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we have to make the decision now. Obviously, Melvin Gordon is rostered everywhere, and we have to make the decision now between Mike Boone and Latavius Murray, right? And this decision, you know, by, by the way, if you're not, if you didn't hear, Denver signed Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad. Okay. And, and the way I see it is this like, this decision, you know, can matter for the rest of the fantasy season, right? So, like, in the Falcons' backfield, you know, you got the next four weeks maybe Algier plays so well that he ends up, you know, doing his thing and beating everybody out. That's possible, yeah. right? So you have that possibility. 
and which is why I kind of have met number three that played into it, right? Mm-hmm. With Mike Boone and Latavius Murray, you know, obviously I think Melvin Gordon's going to be involved until he gets hurt. So there's less of a, less of a chance that one of these guys ends up being the one A here. But yeah. at the same time, Melvin Gordon has been fumbling like crazy, so that could play a factor into it. Latavius Murray has been available for any any team to grab this entire time, yeah. right? And you, you know how the Ravens grabbed Kenyon Drake, right, mm-hmm. and instantly played him over Mike Davis? Right. Drake was on the Raiders the entire time, right? He was not available, right? So in that situation, then you think like, okay, maybe they grabbed him and then they're going to play him. He just wasn't available. So it's not like they had the choice, right? Yeah. They chose Boone to have on their active roster as their third running back over Murray. And I do think that Boone will get a shot at being part of this rotation first before Murray. Um, you know, Murray looked good on, on, on Sunday morning, you know, in relief of yeah. Mark Ingram. And he only he only really saw the field because Ingram was got banged up. But <clears throat> they were going up against Minnesota, right? Minnesota Swiss cheese, right? Uh, their run defense. <laughs> yeah. So He's, he's also 32 years old. I think I'd rather take the shot on the younger, more athletic Mike Boone. I have Latavius Murray here somewhere, 14, 15, 16, somewhere. Uh, but, but yeah, he's like so, – so let me see where, where I have him real quick. I, think I have I'm him at 12. 12. I have him at 12. So he's worth a pickup, you know what I mean? Because you never know, right? And th- this, this yeah. backfield can move up and down. Maybe they just really loved what they saw on Sunday morning. They're like, we, ha- we got to have this guy. Uh, Saints fans yeah. are pissed that they didn't sign Latavius Murray to the active roster um, after that game. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think I'm taking a shot on Boone, dude. I, I think that's a, I think that's good. I think it's a good move. Um, we talk about Latavius Murray. His role in fantasy football has been to just come in and perform decent, and that's about it. And then maybe vulture some carries from someone that we're pinning as a potential guy that could really make a difference on your team, you know, for, as a waiver wire pickup. And I'm I'm thinking I'm seeing the same scenario play out here in Denver because Mike Boone's like, oh, here's a guy he might be able to fill in. You know, Melvin Gordon isn't playing well. Who could possibly challenge Mike Boone? Well, they bring in Latavius Murray. Um, Clearly, I don't think they plan to not use Latavius Murray uh, if he's there because we saw what he did um, on Sunday morning and he didn't look bad at all. It might like I don't I don't think this is a depth thing. I think they're playing to kind of just ride out the storm with as many running backs as they can um, keep guys fresh, especially with Melvin Gordon under under underperforming and underproducing. But um, Mike Boone. I think is the guy that they're going to rely on maybe in the passing game. I don't, I don't think Latavius Murray is much of a pass catcher. Melvin Gordon, you know, he's, he has the drops. Um, so I, I think Mike Boone has, I think Mike Boone has the most upside um, in the backfield he, right he now. He did see, he did see three targets, you know, last week, you know, so, right. it, you know, in relief, like once, and that was all in the second half too. Yeah. And that's what I mean. So like Mike Boone might have the receiving upside. Melvin Gordon might, I mean, you know, now I'm talking out loud. Like, who who puts the guy that's dropped the ball four times a season as their primary running back, the guy in the ground game? So it's yeah. not adding up. It's going to be tough to see how this plays out. But I like Mike Boone the most. I think Mike Boone has – he doesn't have any negative perception inside the Broncos organization right now. You know, Melvin Gordon seems to be falling out of favor, and now he's just kind of thrust in the spotlight. You know, you drop the ball, but now Javante Williams is – is out for the season. How are you going to handle this? They brought Latavius Murray in pretty fast, which tells me that maybe Melvin Gordon isn't going to be, you know, the obvious handcuff handcuff option that we had in Pindaz. If anything would happen to Javante Williams, definitely an interesting situation. You know, and this is we we don't want to discount Melvin Gordon. Like, if you have Melvin Gordon right now, like Starting. I would be pretty happy about it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like this is more of a discussion between like what what who is the guy between Mike Boone and Latavius Murray, right? Like if you have Gordon, I'm gonna start him in week five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As an yeah. RB two, uh, because you know he could potentially get you. Well, he can get a ton of work. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he sees 65 percent of snaps next week, right? Hopefully they just get the he just gets the fumbles in line and you know he's able to you know kind of get it together. Um, I think he will. But I don't end up. I don't. I don't see unless Melvin Gordon really like messes up here. I don't see these guys taking over this backfield. Does that make sense? Right. I don't think either of them are taking over the backfield either. But I think the yeah. upside. I think the. I think Mike Boone has the ability to score like be really efficient. You know, he might not get many touches. Yes. I think it's the ability to put up some points despite maybe not having the workload that Melvin Gordon has. Like, it's almost going to be like maybe a Tony Pollard and Zeke situation, you know, where Zeke's getting the touches even though he's not that efficient and Mike Boone, um, you know. Ooh, I like getting... that. I like that comparison. I, I, think, I think it's a fair comparison. That, that, I think that's so kind too. of what I envision. Except Melvin Gordon's better than Zeke. Hmm. I, yeah, I just want maybe, to push a maybe. button. He's just, it's, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Like, I, 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 just yeah, I like felt that. that one. I felt that one. <laughs> <laughs> let's right. let's talk about our receiver. Let's talk about our receiver let's next. Let's talk about your touchdown. boy. Let's talk about your boy, Michael, yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Gallup over here. Let's go. Let's <laughs> talk about the Cowboys. Uh, so uh, he returned this week. He ran around on eighty three percent of dropbacks. Uh, he ended up scoring a touchdown. Uh, he only had two targets, but you know he's he's gonna get more targets. You know, okay. moving forward. Yeah. Um, right. Before, so where we say he only had two targets. Um, it should be noted. I think he drew three pass interference penalties on passes over 20 yards. Wow. <laughs> so that's I one did not thing know that. to note. He did. He drew a bunch of pass interferences. If he caught one or two of those balls, you know, we'd be having a much different discussion. So two targets on the box score, it's not what we saw on, on Sunday. Interesting. So I want to, like, I'm going to, like, while, while like, talk, talk more about Malcolm Gallup and what you expect between him and Noah Brown moving forward um, while I look for Michael Gallup's air yards. Yeah. So, Michael, I'm not sure if they're going to show up on the air yards because, like I said, there were technically no play on a defensive pass interference. Um, But Michael Gallup, um, I I expect him, you know, he's a wide receiver too. And he might actually kind of serve as a 1A or 1B or 1A to um, C.D. Lamb. They love using Michael Gallup as a deep threat. He's a big play threat. And that's what we saw. Even Cooper with Cooper Rush, a quarterback, they were airing it out to him. He drew a couple pass interferences. If you – if you watch, if, like, if you go to any commander's column, they're going to be complaining about those pass interference calls because it's the same guy. It was William Jackson doing it multiple times. But um, Michael Gallup, he was their deep threat. He just didn't cash in on them because of the pass interference calls. If he reels in one or two of those instead of a 10-point performance like he had and two catches on two targets, um, we could be looking at 14 points, 16 points, which is a clear waiver wire pickup if he's still sitting there. Um, okay. I, I, Michael Gallup has the upside that we're looking for. He looked like Michael Gallup. He just didn't have it show up on the box score. It was just it was just I a did, weird occurrence. I did find it. So he did draw two defense, defensive pass interference calls combining and then he got the two 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 uh passes that he caught for 24 yards including touchdown. Thanks to Jory Epstein who's a senior NFL reporter from Yahoo Sports. So right. that's awesome. So yeah, no, it's looking good. So I think Michael Gallup here now if you don't need a running back, if you're chilling at a running back, Michael Gallup probably moves all the way up, right? Ahead of these these running backs that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think Did you could. say so? Yeah, I think you could, especially with Dak Prescott coming back. Because if you watch Dak Prescott play, he likes to throw for some reason to Michael Gallup more than CeeDee Lamb. Um, but even with Cooper Rush, you know, it's not a very pass heavy offense with Cooper Rush on the field, but still he was getting the targets 
and especially like, you know, quality targets, not like two yard out routes or anything like that. He's getting down the field targets. I think he could move all the way up. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if he's over George Pickens because George Pickens is technically, I would say, the wide receiver one there. Um, if Deontay, with, well, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver two. They're very similar in value. I now, if I had to put some fab dollars on these running backs before we move on to six through 10, Raheem Mostert, I'll probably put 12 to 15% on him if I need a running back. Uh, Tyler Algier, probably capping out in 10%. Are you going higher than 10% on Algier? Um, I think 10 is kind of where I'm sitting. Believe it or not, in a couple of these, I already put 10 down on Algier. So, All right, that's, um, that's good to yeah. know. I'll put I'll put 11. Okay. Uh, Mike Boone uh, at four. <laughs> I'm probably putting like, you know, Maybe seven, eight bucks, seven to eight percent on Mike yeah. Boone. Don't Nothing overpay. You know, it might seem like an obvious ad, and you might think a lot of people are gonna go crazy. Let them overspend. Um, I wouldn't overspend on Mike Boone. There are other guys that you could pick up. And then Michael Gallup, I might go up to fifteen percent. You know, just like George Pickens, because I think he could be, he could end up being, you know, an every week wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Um, yeah. So I think 10 to 15% on Michael Gallup makes sense as well if Pickens is not available in your league. Yeah, and, and that very well could be. Um, the other thing is chances are you might have somebody who had was stashing Michael Gallup you know, all, all season on the IR maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily the flashiest guy to hold on IR. Like You'd think he'd save that for like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, obviously, he was suspended. But, um, well, Michael Gallup has always been disrespected on the waiver wire. Like, if you notice, well, yeah. last year, coming back off the injury, I know he's not too dependable, right? And he's been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's been, I think last year, he was on my waiver wire article like every single week <laughs> for like <laughs> 10 weeks straight. Uh, right. You know, it, it is what it is, you know. Uh, so it, and, even this year, it's the same same, yeah. same thing. Even, despite the fact that he started, you, you could have stashed him on IR this entire time. Yeah, I was going to say, he's kind of been floating around the waivers here this season, too. Um, yeah, I know because exactly. I've, I've put him in. I think this graphic a few times already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, we have, and he's moved uh, up. He's moved up, so that's he has. Cool. He's moved up because he's back. He's back yeah. here, and he's still not owned in most leagues, which is crazy. Right. Uh, Rashad White at number six here. You know, if if you're looking at last week, both Rashad White and Leonard Fournette got got three carries each. Um, you know, he was involved from the beginning of this game. You know, Fournette, you know, obviously got a lot more touches, especially in the passing game, and he ended up coming through at the end of the game with that touchdown, kind of saved your fantasy day. But Rashad White, somebody you want to, you know, keep as a stash. You know, Fournette hasn't been too efficient, right, this season. You know, we love Fournette because of the fact that he's getting so much value. But, you know, things <laughs> his his overall, you know, volume and snaps did come down this week. So let me look at it real quick. So Fournette ended up – he wasn't on the injury report this week, by the way. Uh, but he ended up only playing on 61% of snaps, and White played on 38%. So, you know, we've been telling you to put Rashad White on your bench this entire time. If he's still available in your wire, you know, this is this might be your last chance to get him, right? Because yeah. if this – you know, this could be a sign of things. It could just mean that Fournette will go back to what he used to be. But you got to have Rashad White. Anytime you have a three-down handcuff – who's very, very talented, like Rashad White is, you got to have him on your bench, straight up. Yeah, 100%. Um, he's a league winner. If Fournette were to get hurt, Rashad White is a league winner. Yes. Okay. Uh, we had Caleb Huntley at number seven. I really don't want to talk about the Falcons anymore. Yeah. Um, Isaiah McKenzie at number eight here. Uh, Jamison Crowder broke his ankle. Uh, he's going to be out. He's going to be out for the season, right? That's a season-ending injury, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, I would assume it is. I don't know if it's season-ending, but it's um, definitely not good news. He'll be out for the foreseeable <laughs> future, I think. I would say you know, so. 
So yeah, I, I, I would, I, I would, I would agree that it's not good news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. He's gonna be out for a while. That's that's let's that's see. that's that's pretty much it. I think so, there were reports that he'll be out for the season. It says um, he's out indefinitely, which tells yeah. you what you need to know. You know, especially exactly. Six, at least six weeks, I'd say you could put there. <laughs> now, Isaiah McKenzie, I think for the season, I think he's the pickup. However, he does have a concussion, okay? And it's possible that Isaiah McKenzie, uh, it does not play this week. And if he does not play this week, I have Khalil Shakir here at number 14, who you could potentially pick up and play this week if he doesn't play. I think Khalil Shakir ends up playing a uh, near full-time ro- role, especially with Jay Kumaro also banged up, right? So all they're going right. to have is Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Khalil Shakir potentially as their uh, main healthy wide receivers. And, you know, even Gabe Davis is a little bit banged up right now. So Khalil Sh- Shakir, somebody that you want to keep an eye on. We-, we love Khalil Shakir and his whole process coming into the NFL, and we think that he's going to be a really good NFL wide receiver. He should start out of the slot. Uh, for Josh Allen this week if McKenzie can't go. But for the rest of the season, you know, McKenzie, I would assume if he misses, he only missed one week. For the rest of the year, McKenzie could play a full-time role, something that we potentially saw coming, you know, early in the year. James, it, that, that did not happen because Jameson Crowder actually outsnapped McKenzie uh, before he got hurt this past week. You know, I think it was 11 to 8 or something like that. Uh, but right. McKenzie is, is somebody that you could start potentially every single week as a PPR wide receiver three going forward. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, the concussion clouds it a little bit, but Isaiah McKenzie, like you said, is the, definitely the pickup um, for the season. Josh Allen's looking his way, you know, cons- pretty consistently. Um, mm-hmm. He's caught a few touchdowns, which is really, you know, what we're looking for. I wasn't sure the volume was going to be there, but it seems like he's getting enough quality targets that he's worth the pickup. I, you know, me, I was the Gabe Davis guy. You were more Isaiah McKenzie. And um, it looks like you're winning the battle so far. The war is not over. I'm still holding out, not on over. Still holding out on Gabe Davis, but right now Isaiah McKenzie looks like not only just a good waiver ad, but also a good start um, with the Bills offense. I mean, listen, you know, Gabe Davis ran 42 routes this past week. Stephon Diggs ran 41 routes. Diggs got six six targets on 41 routes. Davis got three targets on 42 routes. And McKenzie got five targets on 22 routes run. So when he's on the field, Josh Allen is going to be looking his way. Uh, he's an explosive, really quick t- twitch type of wide receiver, um, and he can do his thing. And you know he's got in, into the into the red, into the end zone a couple times this year already. So you right. know something to keep an eye out for. And uh, if you got him, if you already had him, it's looking pretty good for him. Uh, d- don't forget about Zay Jones. He was one of the top waiver ads last week. He's still available in a bunch of leagues. He was obviously he obviously did not play this past week because he popped up on the injury report late in the week uh i think it was an ankle injury he was questionable going into the he was questionable going into the week um and he ended up being inactive but going into this week zay jones was leading the jaguars in catches over christian kirk coming into week four christian yeah. kirk had the fantasy points he had the touchdowns but zay jones had led them in catches so he's gonna be very involved on this improved much improved jaguars offense he should be prioritized uh, and and put on your roster. If you're not going to play him, that's fine. But he should be put on rosters. Yeah, he's the definition of a floor receiver. You know, he's a very safe floor. He will fill in for you each week. And he has a little bit of upside. You know, Trevor Lawrence likes, to, likes looking his way. He had that one game, was it two weeks ago, where he put up 18 points or something like that. Yeah. He had 10, 10 or 11 targets, was it? He, he yep. did very well, um, you know, given the circumstance. You know, we weren't sure what the Jaguars offense was going to look like. But it looks good 
so far, at least from a fantasy perspective, through the first few weeks. And Zay Jones, I, I actually have him on one of my benches. I picked him up because we were talking about him, you know, as a floor receiver. If anything would happen to one of your receivers and, you know, you're short at the position, Zay Jones will get you in and out of the week very easily. Uh, Sal Vetri uh, at Sal Vetri DFS on Twitter tweeted out that Zay Jones has averaged 8.9 targets over his last eight games. Uh, and that's part of one of the reasons it's part is one of the reasons why I think, you know, the Jaguars kind of prioritize them, uh, you know, in, in free agency. And, you know, these guys that we made fun of the Jaguars for signing for so much money, they're actually producing for them, uh, yeah. which is really interesting. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that works out. I mean, I'll say this. Doug Peterson, he's a good coach. He's a good yeah. coach. At number 10, I have Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore, he came in. He, he's not hurt anymore. Okay. He came in and played almost he ran around on every drop back. He played on the outside this game primarily. He's a slot receiver. He sucks on the outside. He cannot beat man coverage. Um, he is a guy that should be going up against linebackers and safeties. And when he does that, though, he could potentially pick up a ton of targets. Okay, so the Greg Dortch role that we've been seeing running out of the slot, that's the role that Rondell Moore is going to be playing, uh, and Rondell Moore is going to excel in that role, in my opinion. So they, they, they loved what they saw out of Rondell Moore this offseason. They thought that he improved a ton. They thought that you know his route tree was going to expand. He got hurt. We didn't see it. We still haven't seen it yet, but I think he should be, you know, he's on available in on a ton of waiver wires. He didn't do his thing last week, so maybe people are going to be dropping him. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but a lot of people don't know that he didn't run out of the slot because AJ Green was out and they have Greg Dorch rotating uh, into the slot. So DeAndre Hopkins is going to be back. You know, AJ Green is going to be back, but I do feel like, you know, th there are going to be some targets to, to go around. And I think Ronda Moore, you know, in, in, Full PPR leagues only, you know, can potentially be a PPR wide receiver three. Uh, but it, you, it might take a little bit of patience. And if AJ Green is not back this week, then I might be a little hesitant to put him on my lineup. But once he is back and we know that Ronda Moore is going to be playing in the slot, I'm I'm happy putting him in my lineup in PPR leagues. I, I'm 100% in agreement. I, I like Ronda Moore. I think that, you know, this week was kind of an aberration. You see that they clearly have designs to use him because Greg Dortch was just ousted pretty much by yeah. Rondo Moore coming back. You know, Greg Dortch, he was actually a decent fantasy contributor before Rondo Moore was put back in the lineup. And now he's just on the outside. Expect Greg Dortch to continue, continue sliding out with um, DeAndre Hopkins coming back and AJ Green coming back. Rondo Moore definitely has a role in this offense. And it's not one where he's going to be like targeted once or twice a game. You know, Rondo Moore, he's going to have his games just like in any offense with this many quality receivers. You know, that they're going to have when they're healthy, they're going to have Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondo Moore, and um, A.J. Green. I still think A.J. Green has a little bit in the tank. He can still draw a couple targets. Um, but at, every receiver on this offense is going to be liable to have a good game. Um, as this offense finds its feet, uh, Murray looked a little bit more like Kyler Murray last week. And things are, seem to be trending up for the Cardinals offense. I think that we're going to see um, plenty of quality fantasy performances from all these receivers uh, moving forward. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, moving on to number 11, Josh Reynolds. Um, we don't know if Amara St. Brown is going to be out this week or not, but Josh Reynolds did his thing this week. He did his thing the week before. So, you know, in relief of Amara St. Brown, I think you could play Josh Reynolds as like a wide receiver three if you need it. 100%. And Jared Goff seems to be dialed in to Josh Reynolds. You know, they seem to have a pretty good connection. Um, granted, Reynolds is really the only receiver out there that um, Goff is looking for. He's looking for... Um, Golf is looking for TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson a lot. 
But, you know, Reynolds still got plenty of targets and he produced, you know, he's not anybody to sneeze at. He's actually a pretty good talent. Um, I, I like Josh Reynolds here. Yeah. Did you notice that this this Lions offense, a lot of remnants of the Rams, right? Like, you know, uh, they have they brought Josh Reynolds in from LA and, you know, Jared Goff coming from the Rams as well. So, like, it's very interesting to see. And now they're the highest scoring offense over over the past four weeks. Also, allowing the most points as well, uh, yeah. which is basically what that means. This is a fantasy gold mine. Yeah, 100%. When, when your defense <laughs> is allowing the most points and you are scoring the most points, that is, that's, a, that's a fantasy offense that you want to target. Hey, look where we are, man. The Lions. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. recipe for success right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have Latavius Murray at number 12. We talked about him a little bit already. Um, Brian Robinson is available in about 50% of leagues. Um, you know, I think at this point, I, I didn't want to stash, it, unless it was in my IR spot, I didn't really want to stash Brian Robinson. Uh, you're going to have to take him out of the IR spot, spot now because he's going to be activated uh, off the pup list. Now the commanders are going to have us from now to be able to uh, activate him to the active roster. So to the 53-man roster. So there's a chance that Brian Robinson sits on your bench you know, for a while. If he does end up playing this week, if they want him in the lineup this week, then you don't have to worry about it. You know, he's a, there's a chance that he ends up, you know, playing an early down role with Antonio Gibson. Now, what is the upside for Brian Robinson, right? Like, what do you think the upside is, you know, for Brian Robinson? Do you think that this this can potentially be his show on early downs? Do you think Antonio Gibson goes away? Is that is that a possibility? How are you looking at Brian Robinson moving forward? I think it's absolutely a possibility for Brian Robinson to be the early down guy. Uh, if J.D. McKissick could really push Antonio Gibson out last season, then I don't see why Brian Robinson couldn't. I think, you know, Washington had designs to use Brian Robinson pretty nicely, you know, before the whole accident happened with him and he missed all that time completely out of his control. I think Brian Robinson coming back is going to show that he's actually one of the uh, better running backs in this draft class. I, I think the offense is kind of set up for him to ha excel in an early down role. Because the passing game hasn't been there, and if someone's going, if they're looking for quick yardage, first, second down, you know, the safest way to do that is to hand off. And Brian Robinson, he's a bruiser, so I, I think that he'll be a nice change of pace. And I think, you know, Brian Robinson, he could have a little bit more upside. Say maybe if maybe Carson Wentz gets benched. You know, he hasn't been playing very well. They have Sam Howell waiting in the wings. I'd love to see what a Brian Robinson Sam Howell duo in the backfield would look like. We saw what happened last time. Washington had two rookies in the backfield at once, and that was with RG3 and Alfred Morris. And obviously, this is a completely different situation, but it could actually spell good news for Brian Robinson if there's a few changes on this offense. Because like we said, we saw what Kenny Pickett did. He actually gave the Steelers a spark. What would Sam Howell do for a Washington offense that has plenty of weapons on the outside? And, you know, Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson, a nice two-headed monster in the backfield. From a football perspective, I think it's going to make a difference because Brian Robinson, you know, could be a really good, short yardage back i think that's where his strengths are though uh, and I, I think that's about it i i don't think he's you know he can catch the ball i don't think he's the best cast pass catcher um i, I think antonio gibson is going to end up staying involved as long as he's healthy so i i think the upside for brian robinson is a little limited unless gibson gets hurt um so i think he's a solid stash keep him on your bench but i would want to wait and see to see if Gibson, you know, ends up just falling out of favor completely. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen because I think he's 
I actually do think that Anthony Gibson is a better player than Brian Robinson, but we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Before I, Brian I still, Robinson even steps on the field, we're making that call. I, I do because because I'm just looking at him as a prospect, right? And and I looked at I looked, you know I looked at Brian Robinson a ton, you know, coming into the year. Uh, I don't think anything stood out. The only thing that did stood out is that he's a monster at short yardage. Um, so you know maybe in the NFL he ends up being a better player than he was in college, but that doesn't happen that often. Uh, so I, I just think that Gibson, you know, he's a good player. I, I just wish that he would get more opportunity. Now, you know, a lot of what Gibson's issues are, are fumbles, right? And if Gibson fumbles once or twice, it's very possible that they hand the keys to Brian Robinson on early downs. And if Brian Robinson takes that opportunity and rides with it, I think he ends up, you know, potentially that that can happen as well. So that's another opportunity for Brian Robinson to potentially take over. But yeah, I but yeah, yeah. Moving on to the Bills. I talked about Khalil Shakir already. Damian Williams, we talked about him already. Khalil Shakir could be a one-week starter for you if Isaiah McKenzie is out this week. James Crowder already out, broke his ankle. Damian Williams, talked about him. Uh, You know, he was the guy getting the snaps over Cordell Patterson early on in the year, like just for a few minutes before he ended up hurting his ribs. Dude, Corey Davis, man. Like three out of four weeks, 70 or more receiving yards. Um, I, I think it's, uh, you know, if he's going to be doing this, you know, three out of four weeks, it's time to start paying attention. Uh, yeah. every single one of these Jets wide receivers, you know, are in play and Corey Davis has outperformed Elijah more this year, which is not something that we saw coming at all. Right. But he's the savvy veteran here. You know, both Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson have been looking for him. So at this point, if he's available, I think he should be picked up and he could, he could, you could play him in your flex if you need to. Yeah, I think that's a fair analysis. And I was going to use your exact words, the veteran savvy. You know, that's really what a lot of young quarterbacks look for. They key in on their guys that have been there a while. Corey Davis is exactly that guy. And he's been in the Jets offense now. I think it's this is his third year. Um, yeah. So he he knows how to, how to operate in this offense. He's dealt with Joe Flacco. He's dealt with all the turnover at quarterback. You know, he's he's a solid receiver he's been a solid receiver it's just he's been on a bad offense but now this looks like the best jets offense that we've seen in a few years um and it's good to see that zach wilson is actually you know capable of spreading the ball out you know getting the ball to his receivers um i i wasn't particularly discouraged by any of the jets receivers they didn't really produce but i, I wasn't like oh well now garrett wilson's gonna be a non-factor no he got six targets oh well elijah moore's elijah moore's gonna be a non-factor no he had three catches 53 yards that's plenty of production for me um and Corey davis you know just kind of coming out of the wings and showing up that he's still a viable fantasy option i, I like Corey davis as a pickup here you know chances are elijah moore and garrett wilson are already rostered you know you could get in on the jets receivers party and grab Corey davis and actually you know make out pretty well I think so. I think so. Jacoby Myers, you know, he's likely going to get a high target share regardless of who the quarterback is. Uh, you know, he is a little bit banged up right now. So, yeah. you know, to keep, keep that in mind. Uh, but he's more of a long-term guy that you kind of hold on your bench for now uh, and see what the situation is like. You know, with, with Brian Hoyer coming in, I, I don't love Jacoby Myers. Uh, but, you know, once Mac Jones is back, I think Jacoby Myers can be somebody that, you know, you could depend on. Now, if I see one week, though, where Brian Hoyer is targeting Jacoby Myers, which will most likely happen if Jacoby Myers is playing, then I'm cool throwing Jacoby Myers in my lineup uh, as like a PPR flex play. Do you think Brian Hoyer still, you know, plays over Bailey Zappi? You know, we know, we saw Bailey Zappi for most of the game against the Packers, and I don't know what Brian Hoyer's status is. I think he was injured, right? He, he so. had a concussion, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, right. So there is, there is a chance 
that Brian Hoyer ends up playing. I, I do think they're going to end up playing Brian Hoyer over, over Bailey Zappi. I think Bailey Zappi, you know, he was okay. Um, mm. you know, I know he wasn't ranked it. very high. I think he was the lowest quarterback on your on the rookie kit. So oh, yeah, he was. I, yeah. I, I didn't think he was that good. However, um, you know they were they put him in extremely safe situations, right? Yeah. And some of his throws were pretty off. But you know, I, I don't think that he's a guy that's going to end up making any wide receiver extremely relevant. Um, no, I hear you. You know, so I think I think they do end up throwing Brian Hoyer in there. I think he's ready. He knows his offense. Um, I, I, if Brian Hoyer is there, I think he's definitely going to play over Zappy. Yeah. Tyler Conklin, another Jets receiver that you can grab still. Uh, you know, he didn't do he didn't kill it like he's been killing it over the first three weeks, but he still got his targets. He got decent production. If you're looking for a tight end, he's still gonna be in the tight end one conversation. Um, you know, going forward because he's still running around on almost every drop back. And that's rare. So to continue to start him as a low end tight end one for now, uh, and you know, grab him on the wave wire if you can. It's funny to think there are so many low end tight end ones that we're calling, you know. Um, there's just the way the there's not that many end. anymore. Well, the way really that ta- go ahead, honestly, there's really not that m- many anymore. Um, you know, it's you know, Albert O, he had one snap last week, not one route, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one, one snap, snap two, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's pretty bad. Um, you know, if you look at the tight end landscape right now, there's not that many guys you can play, like Pat Frymuth. You know, he's a low end tight end one. Gerald Everett's a low end tight end one. Uh, you got to move Cal- Kyle. Got to move Pitts a low, low end tight end one now. He's not a tight end one, tight end main tight end one anymore. Mid yeah. tight end one anymore. He's like a low end tight end one, if that. Um, David Njoku. David Njoku, and that's about it, right? Maybe I think that's like many low end tight end ones. I mean, that that's just. Me. I mean, I would say so. Eight to twelve would be like a low end tight end one. I would say. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I could see that. Like those guys, pretty much it, you know. Um, every, everyone else is just a crapshoot. Like Irv Smith, crapshoot. How about you know? Hayden Hurst? Is Hayden Hurst low end tight end? I don't say so. I think he's like a tight end too right now, because right. no, I don't think he's really, you know. He hasn't seen he, the workload. He, he's a crapshoot. It's shoot. been yeah, uh, yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah, um, I like Kenneth Walker as a pickup if he's available in your leagues. He's not available. He's available, I think, in fifty percent of leagues. That's what I saw. So, you know, the reason why I like him as a stash. Is because we talked about yesterday the Seahawks offense just becoming a lot more fast paced than they were. One of the most fast paced teams in the league. All of a sudden, you know, over the two weeks, you know, you know, Pete Carroll, man, good for you, buddy. Good for you, man. You know, moving up with the times. Um, Kenneth Walker, you know, if Rashad Penny were to get hurt, and we know that he has a little bit of a injury history, Kenneth Walker would hop into this offense, who's actually playing pretty well. Uh, yeah. And he would, you know, I'm a big fan of Kenneth Walker. Right and what he did in college, so you know I think he could he could potentially walk into that opportunity if if Penny were to get hurt and do do really 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 well. Yeah, you said Kenneth Walker's going to walk into that opportunity. I, Ooh, I, I think so. I, I didn't even catch that. I, I think you just kind of you know made it a prophecy at this point. <laughs> he's going <laughs> he's going to walk into the opportunity. It, it very well could happen. You know, we've seen Rashad Penny go down with injury before. Rashad Penny looked like vintage Rashad Penny, and by vintage I mean end of last season Rashad Penny last week but the offense you know it's it's a lot better than any of us could have really imagined yeah um it, it, i think they've been one of the surprises for fantasy football so far they've been a pretty good fantasy offense and kenneth walker yeah 100 he hasn't had the volume at all but i think you give him the volume and he can produce exactly like rashad penny if not better 
I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, that'll do it for our overall waiver wire rankings. Let's just hit some, you know, some quarterbacks, streamers, tight end streamers, some defensive streamers. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, he's been dropped in a lot of leagues, but this is the week that you start him. You didn't want to start him the last two weeks against Philly, against Dallas. But against Tennessee at home, I'm starting him. He's going to yeah. be ranked in my top 12 this week. Jared Goff, somebody you need to pick up who could potentially be somebody you you start every single week, right? Going up against New England. New England has not been good against quarterbacks. He's somebody that you could you could definitely play this week. Um, Jameis Winston, if he's back, I'm okay playing him against Seattle. We saw what Jared Goff just did, uh, especially if Michael Thomas is back. I think Jameis Winston could be in line to start. Uh, it, you know, even Andy Dalton, you know, Andy Dal- if Michael Thomas is back, even Andy Dalton could potentially, you know, you could throw him in your lineup as well. He didn't look amazing last week, but he looked good enough where if you really need, if you're desperate for a quarterback, I don't think he's a terrible streamer, uh, especially in that matchup. Let's see. That's really about it. I mean, you know, Marcus Mariota against Tampa, that's not ideal. And, you know, that that safe rushing floor didn't really pan out this past week because right. he, he really couldn't get anything going at all. Um, but yeah, the that's about it. Now, floor went to the running backs in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Let me ask you a question, man. What do you think about Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill, you know, has had some decent weeks. You know, he doesn't have that many weapons, but for somehow, somehow he's just getting it done. He has, you know, five touchdowns thrown in, in five weeks, in four weeks. Going up against Washington this week. Is he, would you stream him this week? If, if you really I, need to? I think you could stream him. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's kind of been Ryan Tannehill's MO, at least for fantasy football. Um, the past two seasons, I think it was the 2019 or 2020, he was actually a very good fantasy quarterback because um, he was running a lot more than he, did, than he does now. But I think you could stream him very easily. You know, for, for some reason, it's just been working out for Tennessee, the offense. You know, I can't really explain why. Like he said, like they don't have many weapons. They have Robert Woods and they have Austin Hooper and Derrick Henry's, the, you know, the engine. If he could easily keep feeding it to Derrick Henry. There's enough talent for Ryan Tannehill to be a streamer. Uh, the way he's been playing, too, he has a pretty safe floor. I, I'd be okay streaming him. I think Geno Smith is somebody that you can pick up and he could potentially be your quarterback for a couple of weeks. Uh, he has a tough yeah. matchup this week in New Orleans. Uh, but like like we talked about with the Seahawks offense, he has the weapons. He's hyper-targeting and keeping the, the distribution super tight between Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf. And you know, he has a couple of weapons. He's he's rushing the ball a little bit too. Some design rushing attempts for him, which is great. Yeah. He's going to get some rushing touchdowns as we saw last week. So, you know, 31 fantasy points this past week. He always had a Two 20-point games, you know, week one and week three. He didn't have a great game against San Francisco. That might be some like what we see this week against New Orleans. Not too bad. I think he could potentially be somebody that you start more often than not. I'd start Geno Smith over Ryan Tannehill. I'd go as far yes. as say that. Yeah. I agree. 100. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. I think that'll do it for the quarterbacks. Let's take a look at some tight ends that you could potentially now we talked about Tyler Conklin obviously he he he's available in a bunch of leagues uh let's see Irv Smith against Chicago you know if you have to you know he did get some production last week did he score a touchdown last week or did he just get the targets let's see uh four targets three catches 23 yards not great no, nothing too crazy there uh Hunter Henry is worth noting because um what's his name who, who's the who's the other Patriots? Jonu Smith. He ended up with an ankle injury. 
there's mm-hmm. some rumors that it could be a high ankle sprain. And if it is, then Hunter Henry, last week after Jonathan Smith left the game, Hunter Henry played on every single snap. He did not leave the field. They played mostly 11 personnel at that point, three wide receivers on the field, and he didn't leave the field. And if he doesn't, then he's, he's going to just have some fantasy value by default, you know, just, yeah. you know, regardless of who the quarterback is. So he's somebody, you know, take a, you know, just keep an eye out for Jonathan Smith and his status, but he's somebody to look out for this week. Uh, Albert O, you can drop him if you have him. If you have him, I don't know why you still have him. Just drop him. Um, yeah. Logan Thomas, you know, he's going up against Tennessee. Six targets, five, five plus targets in three or four games. I think he could potentially do some things this week, you know, with, uh, you know, in a good matchup with Carson Wentz bouncing back potentially. Yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram against Houston. Ingram's running a bunch of routes. He only caught one ball each of the last two weeks, but he is, you know, last two weeks, tough matchups. He could bounce back against Houston this week. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Hayden Hurst, you know, you could start him. He did have a touchdown last week, uh, but he's not getting targeted a ton. It's a good offense to be on. It could be a little bit of a shootout in Baltimore this week. So, you know, I, I don't blame you if you wanted to start him. Yeah. Now, one tight end that I want to I want you to keep an eye on, uh, maybe long term, because Cameron Brait he did end up with a concussion in this game. The dude was targeted a ton, <laughs> you know, before he got hurt by Tom yeah. Brady, and this is with Chris Godwin on the field. This is with Mike Evans field. Uh, let me just take a quick look at that, and this might be going a little bit under the radar here. But Cameron Brait was he only targets. ran. A- yeah, eight targets, and he only ran 20 routes. <laughs> so the dude, true. so eight targets of 20 routes is 40% target rate on his routes. So keep an eye on that because the week before, he also got a bunch of targets. Okay. So uh, I would look at him at, you know, we know that Tom Brady likes his tight ends. You know, Cameron Brait, his route participation flew up in week three, and he ended up with five catches for 52 yards. So Tom Brady's looking for him. And if you can get Tom Brady's tight end one, why not? Pick him yeah. up. You might you might have to miss this week, but I'll I'll stash him on the bench. Yeah, right. I think yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, okay, some defenses that you can play. Let's see. Um, I, I wrote a couple of these down. Jacksonville at home against Houston. I think Minnesota, even though their defense isn't great, I think you can start them against Chicago at home. Yeah, <laughs> I think you can start a lot. Of if you can stop the Chicago. run game, you can stop the Bears. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. This Bears offense is brutal, man. I, I, I wonder how much leeway they're going to give the, you know, this coaching staff and just the way that they've been playing. It's just, it's just not ideal. It's not ideal yeah. at all. Um, real quick, a couple other defenses that you could potentially stream this week. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I kind of like Indianapolis. Like, even though the defense isn't great against Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, he, he played well this past week, but short week. You know, not with without his RB one. Yeah. You know, I, I think this might be a little bit tricky for them this week. That's really it. I, I don't love any of these other defenses. Maybe Miami at the Jets. You know, that could be somebody that you stream. But that's really about it. Yeah. That's all I got. All right, cool guys. Take it easy. Uh, good luck on waivers tonight. I'm gonna have a Zoom call tonight with the diehards. Uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern time so we can go over some wave wire picks. Uh, you can find my Patreon somewhere here in the description. Uh, but yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Or you can just Google Patreon, Upper Hand Fantasy. Uh, make sure you sign up for Underdog. By the way, uh, Underdog picks this week. You've been on fire. <laughs> on yeah. fire. We got seven out of eight picks correct for Thursday night, fo- for, for Monday Night Football last night. We got a bunch of picks right 
on 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 Sunday Sunday during the day as well. So we're looking pretty good. All right, make sure you sign up with Upper uh, Underdog Fantasy. Uh, we are doing uh, so. If you do sign up with with uh, Upper Hand Fantasy that code, you will double your deposit up to a hundred dollars. So make sure you do that. Take it easy, guys. See ya. See you tomorrow. Bye. 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 Bye.